the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I typically talk all things financial. I've kicked the attorney out. Now it's just me and you for the next hour, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Lots of headline news out there today. Holy mackerel, it's a good news day to say the least. Senate 10-year health fix. It cost the United States $856 billion. Consumer prices rose in August on higher gas prices. Warren Buffett on CNBC this morning saying... Economy is not worse, but it's not much better, but he doesn't think we do a double-dip recession. Foreign demand for long-term U.S. security is starting to slip a little bit. So there's just tons of good headline stories out there, in my opinion. Let's talk a little bit about, the, the I think, what has to be the story of the day. There's two stories of the day, just huge stories. Um, Max Bacchus, who, again, I think has the name that sounds like a German flying ace, like he should wear a scarf and goggles. Max Bacchus. Sounds like uh, the guy who is your nemesis or your enemy. He's Senate Finance Committee Chairman Max Boxes. Today he unveils a proposal to overhaul the U.S. healthcare system after trying months to reach a bipartisan agreement. This one's not bipartisan. Without support from a single Senate Republican, the Montana Democrat offered a $856 billion plan that will require almost all Americans to have insurance or pay a penalty. You are going to be forced to pay for your own insurance. There will be no government-sponsored plan. This will expand Medicaid and will provide subsidies to help millions of low-income people get coverage through an online exchange. Now, the Finance Committee is the last of five congressional panels to grapple with the legislation intended to expand coverage to tens of millions of uninsured Americans and rein in health care costs, which account for about a sixth of our economy. A sixth of our economy is tied up in health care. Now, again, here's how the mind of Rob Black works. you got to have some investments in health care. You have to. So much of our trillion-dollar economy is healthcare, a sixth of it. So plans being considered are going to mark the most sweeping changes in our medical care system in more than four decades. The quote that comes out of Bacchus says, The cost of America's broken healthcare system has stretched families, businesses, and the economy too far for too long. This is a unique moment in history where we can finally reach an objective so many of us have sought for so long. Now, in a bid to get Republican support, he's offering a lower price tag compared to other bills that have been approved on non-party lines so far. Some of them are as high as $1 trillion over 10 years. This ain't cheap. $856 billion. Now, to pay for his plan, Bacchus is going to use savings in programs such as Medicare, the federal insurance plan for the elderly and tax increases, which may pose a tough vote for some senators. He's proposing a levy on high-end Cadillac health care plans and about $13 billion in fees on insurers, medical device manufacturers, drug makers, clinical laboratories, all beginning in 2010, and that would be imposed on based on market share. 
So he's going to try to tax the private sector. Now, again, you're going to have to pay for your own service. How do you feel about that? I'd be interested. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Let's continue on this health care plan. Bach has dropped a plan to set up a government insurance program, that so-called public option. That would have competed with private insurers, steering clear of one of the most divisive issues in the debate. He's not going with a public plan. Instead, he proposed giving $6 billion in seed money to nonprofit cooperatives that could compete with companies such as Aetna and Humana. Obama, in an address to Congress last week, he said he preferred a new public insurance program, and that signaled a willingness to compromise. So co-ops pose very little threat to private insurers. So existing co-ops cover no more than 1.8 million Americans, and insurers have withstood nonprofit competition from Blue Cross Blue Shield for years and years and years. Now, extending coverage to more people to make up for changes in rules that might crimp profit margins. Bacchus also dropped a mandate, which was backed by House Democrats, that all employers offer health coverage or pay a penalty. Under his plan, companies with more than 50 full-time employees that don't offer insurance would pay a fee for every lower-income employee who qualifies for a new tax credit to obtain care. Now, that maximum penalty would be about $400 per worker. Some Democrats on the Finance Committee have balked at the provisions. The plan is very, very similar to the framework laid out by Obama. So that's what we got. That's the big story of the day. Now, let me give you one Republican view on it, because I just gave you basically the whole Democrat thing. Democrats control 59 of the 100 Senate seats, and they would need at least 60 votes to overcome a legislative maneuver known as a filibuster that's likely to come from opponents. Keep in mind, next year is an election year, and not a lot of people are going to want to put their neck out. Senator Charles Grassley of Iowa, he's the top Republican on the committee. He said yesterday the plan does not meet the shared goals for affordable, accessible health coverage. He said they'll continue talking with Bacchus. Now, some people are still saying it's a work in progress, but that's what we got out there for today. 800-345-5639 calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Ooh, tomorrow on the show, I'm going to have Kim Commando, tech lady. Also going to have CFP, Chad Burton. Let's go to Patrick in San Carlos. Patrick? Yeah, hi Rob. Just uh, want to make a comment about uh, your, your your look on cars and you know, you're being so adamant about about only buying uh, imports or right. foreign cars. Sure. And, and your, you know, especially your statement about Fords. I, I own a Ford, and uh, you know my son owns one, and they've been great, great cars. I mean, a 2005 Mustang my wife drives. I mean, nothing has gone wrong with that car. It handles well. It looks good. It's, it, it rides solid. It gets good mileage. And my son bought the hybrid, uh, the Escape hybrid. And uh, he, he's just in love with the car. Good. That's, so I just, I guess, my point just would be, you know, I think Americans need to give, you know, the, 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 the you know, our cars a, another chance. I know back in the eighties, they, they did a bad job. They, they sat on their hands. And they took, they took, uh, you know, the consumer for granted. But uh, you know, I recently I read an article about that uh, Lexus and Cadillac are rated number one in reliability now. That's good news and good, good content. But you get where I'm going out with this. That it's all perception versus reality, and it's. It's ingrained, and that's tough to overcome sometimes, Patrick. Yeah, but one of the things, you know, I listen to your show as many hours a day as I possibly can, you know, when you're on. Sometimes I get called away, but, you know, you all tend to seem to be open-minded and, and asking us to be open-minded and look at things in different perspectives. And I guess that's just my, my comments, uh, you know, telling you know, our listeners that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, be open-minded, see what's going on. You know, American, uh, especially Chrysler and Ford, I mean, uh, GM and Ford are making demonstrable strides, I think. I think they are, too. Um, I, I think we hear stories like that, but again, until we actually get in the car and drive it, 
last time I was in a Mustang was, you know, mid-90s, and it stunk. It was an awful experience. I, yeah, I agree. I, I decided to get a Mustang. I was going to drive up to New York City from Washington, D.C., and got a convertible, and it just it felt cheap. It felt like plastic, and for a Mustang, that's embarrassing because uh, I had a girlfriend in high school who had a 69 racing Mustang, greatest car on the planet, um, just fantastic, but they lo- they lost it, so to speak. But you, I, I agree with you. I think we should all be open-minded about the future. And, yeah, uh, and to take a look at them again and give them a chance. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm impressed in, in the vehicles I own. And, what street do you uh, live on I, in San Carlos? I know, Dartmouth. On what? Okay, I don't know that uh, one. Up in the hills. Okay, you're up in the hills? Okay. Yeah, up in the hills, yeah. I, I, uh, over, just up, up from Shelford Park. Okay, I know exactly where that is. So, yeah. okay. Um, and maybe I'll come by and drive your wife's car. Sounds good. <laughs> so, just before beer or after beer, I'll have to decide. And <laughs> thanks for the call, Patrick. to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. So uh, healthcare reform in the news. He called in uh, basically with the idea that earlier in the show I talked with Michelle Lerm, and I also talked about Tesla, how Tesla is in San Carlos, and they're going to be building more and more cars in the future. And people like me, we were just brainwashed, correct or incorrectly, to to avoid American cars and uh, it's going to be tough for them to overcome. Listen to these statistics about California. Our unemployment's 11.9%. You know how much that equals in Californians? 2.2 million Californians unemployed. Directly unemployed. Now, some of them are underemployed. Underemployed means they want to work more hours, but they can't get them. So they're getting you know part-time hours. In California, the unemployment number, the underemployment, 18.5%. One year ago, that was 11.7%. It's about 4.2 million Americans. The underemployment rate in California includes about 340,000 Californians classified as would-be workers or that they're too discouraged to look or that they're flat out out of a job. All pretty interesting stuff. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Yesterday I made what could only be considered a psychic connection into the world of Congress. When I told you that I kind of like our senators and our congressmen, uh, our representatives and our senators yelling at each other. You know, we grew up watching some television where parliament in England, they wear the powdered wigs and they, they basically do everything but kill each other. I've seen them knife each other, so they everything but kill each other. So anyway, today we wake up and the world wrestling entertainments... World wrestling entertainment, famous for what? Friday Night Smackdown. CEO of the company is going to seek the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate, held now by Connecticut Democrat Christopher Dodd. So Linda McMahon, the CEO of WWE, stepping down. Now, that's actually a huge business. I don't know if you know it. It's actually publicly traded, too. You can actually buy shares of the World Wrestling Entertainment. They actually had to change their name many years ago from World Wildlife Foundation. Uh, They had the WWF, so uh, World Wrestling Federation had to change it to WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Steve is in his car. Steve, what's on your How mind you today? Good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the car issue that, you know, we live in an area, Northern California, Bay Area is skewed, and it's different than the rest of the country, and so is the East Coast. And people forget that, that live in the Bay Area. The rest of the country is driving dominantly American cars in the Midwest, in the small towns all over the Midwest and uh, even in, get, just get east of uh, California and you start seeing the difference. 
And I think opinions based upon that is, I'd like to say, uh, Bay Area and the East Coast need to get in some American cars. And uh, there's a little snob appeal in the Bay Area, and there always has been for European cars since I was a child 50 years ago. And I'll tell you, I think you're right, and I think you've got a little bit of too much of a blanket statement, but I, I do think you're right because there's time, one point in time, I, I go into a small city in, in Pittsburgh, um, just outside of Pittsburgh, and I couldn't find a foreign car. Um, it's You play a game, can you find a Honda or Toyota in the state of Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania obviously is a big steel state. You can barely find them now in Philadelphia, you can, but Pittsburgh, you're hard luck to find a foreign-built car, and if you do drive a foreign-built car, you're kind of, you know, that scum of the earth who took a job away from a, a fellow state worker. Um, so I, I hear you on that. I think you're right. Um, pretty blanket statement because I think the youth of America have been taught and trained as much as possible to buy Honda or Toyota. But thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate it. Right. 800-345-5639. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I was just talking about the WWE. And I've got to mention one more thing about that. They pull in over $500 million dollars in television entertainment, in television revenue. They're not a small business in any way, shape, or form. WWE, Linda McMahon leaving to challenge Christopher Dodd uh, for his uh, congressional seat. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You're listening to 910 AM, 910 AM. Finally, I'm jumping live blog. Mine wasn't working. It's at talk910.com, talk910.com. It's Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Okay, I like the talking heads, but I think we're overplaying them. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black Talk and all things financial. One of the movies that you loved as a kid or you loved earlier in your life was the movie Wall Street. Well, get this. 22 years. It's been 22 years since we've seen a young Charlie Sheen who, by the way, he looks fantastic for his age. I think Charlie Sheen must be, what, 70 by now? Must be 70? Two and a half men. Worst show on television. Worst show on television. Anyway, Wall Street 2. I know, they better come up with a better name than that. But 22 years after appearing on the big screen, and one year after the collapse of Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns, the film character Gordon Gecko is going to come back because it's time. This resonates with what's happened in the world. The strip and flip corporate raider, he was played by Michael Douglas. He's going to make his comeback in Oliver Stone's Wall Street 2. I don't know which I'm more excited about. Is it Wall Street 2 or is it Red Dawn? The remake of Red Dawn. Again, I'm going back to Red Dawn and yesterday, but Wall Street 2 began filming in New York this week. Oliver Stone is going to direct again. Sequel set in 2008 during the run-up of the financial meltdown with Gecko emerging from uh, behind bars after two decades. This is a good time for this. Stone's bringing back the character Famous Four. Do you want to remember what Gordon Gecko said in the movie that got everyone riled up? Greed is good. The mantra at a time. is, ladies and gentlemen, that... Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. I like that. I think greed is good on some simple idea, term, but it can cause a lot of problems. Greed and fear can cause a lot of problems. 
Greed is good, the mantra. Other titans of Wall Street have fallen from grace because greed is good. And because the excesses in the financial industry have come under fire from the White House and an angry public. It's mystifying to me to see people lionize the crook who went to jail. Stone called it quintessentially an American story. I think it is. Now, seeing how he manages to survive in this new Shark Tank 22 years later will be fascinating. It'll be a challenging proposition. So much has changed, not just Gordon Gecko, but the world's changed as well in banking and financial institutions. Bankers and analysts, they all have an opinion on the, the Gordon Gecko character. His style of buying a company, cutting costs and jobs, selling it for a quick profit, was more of a product of the 1980s than it is today. Now, there's a guy named Al Dunlop, and he's kind of a Gordon, Gold, Golden, Gordon Gecko type of character. Let me tell you who Al Dunlop is. When I was working as an analyst, I'd, I'd sit on conference calls, and Al Dunlop, he had a nickname, Chainsaw Al. And as an analyst, you'd wait for your turn, you'd wait for your turn to ask a question. Chainsaw Al Dunlop, he's mean business. In the conference call, if you ask a question that he didn't much care for, he singled you out and screamed at you. So you were very careful about what you would ask. He would go into a company, he'd fire a lot of people, and he would sell it or leave the company in a profitable turnaround almost instantly. That's how I got the name Chainsaw. So there's one conference call, and he worked for a company called Sunbeam. And he worked at different companies. I mean, he wasn't just you know a toaster company. He worked for different type of companies. And uh, one year, his inventory started to bloat, but his sales looked good. See, as a financial detective, you start you look for inventories because inventories and cash flow. Inventories can lie, but cash can't lie. The one thing I could teach you about money is when you look at a cash flow statement, cash can't lie. There's no way to make it lie. You can have revenue lie. You can have earnings lie. Easy done, easily done. Like I could say, well, I did a, a partnership and, uh, you know, I, I'm sending them, you know, my business their way. They're sending it back my way. And it looks like I'm increasing revenue when all I'm doing is spending my money and they're spending it right back on me. So that's not real revenue. You can lie on revenue. Can't lie on cash. Anyway, where do I go with this? Chainsaw Al. I'm on a conference call and uh, you ask a little question like, um, Mr. Dunlop, congratulations on a good quarter. I want to ask about inventories this quarter. I've seen that they've, they've swelled from 75 days outstanding DSOs, day sales outstanding, to 115. That's alarming. Do you have a comment? And he'd go, you know nothing about inventories or toasters. And he would scream at you. He was just a mean, mean jerk. Well, anyway, finally, before Chainsaw Al gets indicted and goes to prison, yeah, that's how the story ends. He broke down and cried. It was the most fantastic, wonderful moment of my Wall Street career because Chainsaw Al, the biggest jerk on the planet, finally got what was coming to him. And how did he react? Not like a man, but like a crying baby, like a crying baby. So I love Gordon Gecko. To me, the idea of buying a company and cutting costs, I know what it's all about. I, I, I would imagine you as the, the viewer know what it's all about, having that gunslinger mentality. So I'm looking forward to Greed is Sexy. I'm looking forward to it yet again, Gordon Gecko's gelled back hair. I'm looking forward to the suspenders. I'm looking forward to seeing New York portrayed by Oliver Stone, which you could say a lot of things. You either love them or you hate them. But, you know, it'll be fun to see Gord, uh, what, what Oliver Stone can pull off on this time. Uh, one of my great famous uh, movies of all time, Talk Radio. Love the movie Talk Radio. If you work in radio, you've seen Talk Radio. And uh, Barry Champlain. Based on Barry Champlain. Um, good movie. So talk radio, Wall Street. Who else is going to be in this movie besides uh, Michael Douglas? Shia LaBeouf. Who? 
find kind of annoying. I know Steven Spielberg thinks he's the next Marlon Brando, but I don't find Shia LaBeouf all that entertaining. Susan Sarandon going to be in the movie. Josh Brolin. Love and Josh Brolin's work this day and age. And Franklin Gella. Franklin Gella. Uh, movie's going to come out April 2010. Now, the Bay Area, we are known for our conferences, right? Remember earlier in the show, I was talking about how a cruise line is going to come back to the Bay Area. And I love that because it's tourism and I love the tourists. I really do. This is a, I'm very, very proud of the Bay Area. So I love to see tourists come here and I want more people to come here. It's good for our economy. Now, what's bad for our economy is conferences. San Francisco's Moscone Center. If you just go by it, you'll see less foot traffic. You'll see fewer cars. You'll see less bustle. Now, someone has figured out what to do here. And you know what's on the rise right now? It's online conferences. A company called On24, they're a leading provider of virtual events. Online conferences offer a lot of, you know, same things, keynotes. They offer seminars. They offer booth interaction. It's the 21st century, and it's kind of cool, and I kind of like it. We in the Bay Area, we need more tourists here because we're going to have fewer conferences in the future. The economy is struggling. Business is booming for On24. There is also a rival called... Unisphere, Unisphere. Um, they're out of Menlo Park. And how do you spell that? Because some of you I know are nerds and going to want to keep up with this. U-N-I-S, Fair. They're helping customers virtualize conferences. So there's a huge business in going out and teaching people how to go virtual. On24 is going to host about 300 events this year. Last year they did 50. Now this Unisphere, they are going to do about 600 events. So this is a hot sector. And... I used to do, go to Comdex. I used to go to E3. I used to go to all, you know, all the video game conferences, all the tech show conferences. I wanted to find out what the new technology was going to be, how, where, where it was in the sweet spot. Because if you can find Cisco 10, 15, 20 years ago at an event, you made 600% on the stock. And I love the idea of virtual events because I can do it in my underwear while I'm at home. I can get all the technology that I need to see. Last year in Moscone, they booked 841,000 hotel rooms. This year, it's going to be about 821, so it's down. Next year is really bleak at 761,000, but that's typically tied towards the cyclical nature of convention bookings. Now, virtual events bring attendees to your online destination from around the world. Cuts down on their travel costs. That makes sense. It hurts the local economy where that event could have been, no doubt about it. The waiters, the, the hotels... Um, the airfare, the, you know, airports, everyone gets hurt there, but more companies can now say, let's focus on the nine big trade shows this year. And we'll do three online events with the ones that we'll drop the three week ones. So even the, uh, even the conference center business is starting to go 21st century. And you know, how you can make money. You can help digitize companies. You can help them set up a booth, babe online versus a booth, babe who actually goes out to the booth at the convention floor. And you can also open up to more business than ever before as you can sell your product and show your product online. 21st century avatars, they're coming, they're coming. It's the Rob Black Show. To call the show, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You're listening to 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black, 910 AM, more stimulating talk. You know I can't 
second grade, I brought this 45 into school. We had dance class in second grade. And uh, there's a girl named Carol Lynch. She played catcher on my baseball team. I know you're saying, you played on a girls' baseball team? No, no, it was a co-ed team. But Carol Lynch and I, uh, she, she, I bring this one in, and she goes, you're cool. See how things change? Nowadays, you bring in Mary Manilow, and you're going to get beat up. But second grade, Carol Lynch was like, you're cool. I had 45s. Remember 45s? <sighs> I know. Did he just admit that he liked Barry Manilow as a child? Does that make him slightly feminine? Maybe. 800-345-5639. I'm going to be honest with you, though. And if anyone knows where Carol Lynch ended up, I would love to know. My first two girlfriends, Carol Lynch and Mandy uh, um, Daphne Sparks. What a great name. Like that, That's a good poor name, Daphne Sparks. Um, I went to, with her when I was in kindergarten to uh, first grade, first grade. I went with her to see Sinbad the Sailor. Sinbad the Sailor. My brother Dave wanted to date her older sister and used me to kind of get that going, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, let's go to Jesse in San Francisco. Jesse? Hi, Robert. Yeah, the market bottomed in March, and I can just remember sitting in my workplace in the cafeteria, and I'm just in awe. I'm just watching the screen on television at the noon news. The market's down 300 points. The next day, it's down another 300 points. Next day, it's down 400 points. Uh, the market's risen since then, but I listen to some of these news shows, uh, business news shows, and some of these famous, or not famous, but well-reputable market investors, the big ones, they're, they're saying they're still bearish on the market. They're saying things like, uh, don't go into this market yet. The next shoe hasn't fallen yet. What are they missing, and what, what, what's going on here when, that they're so out of, in left field, and yet the market keeps rising? Well, everyone has an opinion, Jesse, and, you know, it's – when I used to go on CNBC when I lived on the East Coast, they'd, say like, they'd be like, can you give a sexier stock than that? Can you do – like, media is meant to titillate. Um, quite honestly, no radio show host will ever get fired who's making money for the station – Quite honestly, you know, CNBC goes out of business if they don't titillate and get viewers to watch. You know, so there's going to be no shortage of of positive and or negative. And they have to sensationalize it. So I think you're probably paying a little bit too much attention to experts, Jesse. And, you know, I could tell you, Jesse, how old are you? Uh, 52. 52. 52-year-old male. I could tell you, Jesse, how to make money. I could tell a 25-year-old hot San Francisco girl from the marina how to make money. Um, You don't have to pay attention to a financial media person in order to do it. And what you do is you, you know, max out your 401k every two weeks. In the 18 months that the market was going down, Jesse, if you invested every two weeks in that 18-month period, because of the recovery, you actually made money during the worst bear route you've seen in your lifetime. You made money over the 18-month period because of the recovery. Um, the best time to invest is when everything's down in calamity, Jesse. So. Don't pay attention to media experts. Who, who out there is saying that things are negative? Uh, Hillary, Kramer, Scott Black, um, some of these other... Who's Hillary? names. They're saying the stock... Uh, there was one on um, the uh, Bloomberg station. Uh, he was saying that uh, 992, the Dow isn't going to go any higher than that, and yet it continues to go higher. Hey, I'm, I'm surprised with how much of a recovery we've had without a correction, but... Then again, there's trillions of dollars of cash on the sidelines of people who panicked and got out at the, at the bottom. So um, my advice, Jesse, is don't pay attention to experts unless they work directly with you. 
I wrote a book once called Susie Orman's Like the Devil and 88 Other Things You Need to Know. Um, and one of the things that I put in there is that um, analysts are whores. Analysts are whores. They're trying to get you to love them without knowing you. They're trying to get you to watch their – use your eyeballs and be a person to them. Like Kramer does – see market reform if we're constantly seeing uh, uh, a conflict of interest with uh, people saying one thing and they don't really mean that. I, I think in some cases they do mean it. So, and I don't think we need market reform. I think what we need is is capitalism on its purest level that, yeah, sometimes capitalism is creative destruction. So says economist Joseph Schumpter. I love that. Capitalism is messy. It's creative destruction. Um, the thing is, is, Jesse, is you get greedy and you get fearful and you start, you know, thinking that you're smarter than the market, and you get humiliated when that happens. So, I'm with you, okay. But at the same time, I'm going to say, tone down the experts and just do what you can control. Um, get a good diversified portfolio. And thanks for the call. You know, even Chad Burton, and myself, we disagree. He wants 15% international. I want up to 30% international. We are entitled to have different opinions in the financial media, but stop paying attention to financial media. Um, I do this show on an infotainment level, and hopefully you're not saying, well, Rob didn't think, I didn't think the market was going to get above 1050 on the S&P 500, and boom, it got above 1050 on the S&P 500. I think that's great for those people who are hurting with the quote-unquote market. The market's not this mysterious thing, though. Um, We will get a correction. We will have another recession in our lifetime. We will have another bear market. We will have a bull market that's stronger than the bear market. Um, capitalism works like that. And um, I feel totally comfortable telling you to, you know, stay the course and slowly but surely accumulate assets. Now, I want to talk a little Apple because this is on my mind. And thanks for that call. Apple came out with a product called the Apple TV. And I've been scratching my head about this basically ever since. It's just not that functional. And on Monday of this week, they did a price cut on it. Basically, they eliminating the 40 gig mark, the 40 gig model. And they're going to just go with 160 gigabyte Apple TV product. So price is now 230 bucks. In its current form, the Apple TV is not a product that has any life in it, though. And I think that's reinforced by the fact that they're getting rid of one of the two of them. Now, it's basically a set-top box, basically. Now, Apple executives, including Steve Jobs, have repeatedly referred to Apple TV as a hobby. In earning calls, they don't give any sales numbers of the product. Apple won't even have an Apple TV to talk about in the near future if they don't make major revisions to the product because it's just not that compelling. I'm going to tell you something super cool, so stay with me on this. They've dismissed the idea of Apple TV doing TiVo-like DVR. They don't want to do it. They want it to be a hard drive for your, your TV. The hybrid device would be compelling. We would be interested in that, you know? A device capable of recording HD TV programs while providing the additional option to subscribe to a fixed number of movie downloads each month by iTunes, we would be compelled. We would go, that's maybe. It's unlikely that the underwhelming performance of Apple TV is Apple's fault, though, because they, they designed the heck out of what they designed. Set-top box segment of the market is an incredibly tough market. Ten years ago when I was doing this show, we were talking about Investing in set-top boxes through Motorola, through uh, the various companies that did set-top boxes, because there was super growth there. Now there's not. So market-shaping role can't be done in this competitive environment. So now the obvious competitors to the Apple TV product is Netflix, Roku set-top box. They stream movies from Netflix. 
Apple's competing with several other players that serve video to consumers in different ways. Cable providers, you can purchase video on demand services through digital set top boxes. A lot of cable boxes even include a DVR for recording TV programs in this day and age. They've got video game makers like Sony, which offers movie rentals. And you can, you know, with the Sony PlayStation 3, you can do movie rentals. I don't think a lot of people know that. Microsoft Xbox 360 has a Netflix streaming application as well. So there's a lot of people in this area already. Now, consumers install entertainment software like Boxy on their computers, and they connect them to the TVs, and digital pirates are sailing the Internet seas with content. No, this entire category of set-top box, it's a category, it's a product. It's called a media adapter. It's not even going to survive three to five years from now. Set-top box revenues declined 2% in 2009. Cost of Internet-enabled TVs are dropping like a rock. Internet-enabled TV is going to kill the set-top box. You can go tell your friend that. You don't have to give me any credit for it. I'll let you look like, hey, did you know the set-top box is going to go away? It's going to be replaced by Internet TV. Now, the shift to widespread consumer adoption of Internet TV-connected TVs, uh, it's going to take some time. Replacement for TV, so, you know, the replacement cycle, where your computer's like three to five years. Well, TVs, it's longer than that. It's 10 years, typically. It's going to take some time. I can't get connected to TV right now. It's gonna, my next TV will be an Internet TV, though. I promise you. Apple has always said they don't want to do a DVR. Now, does that mean in the future that they don't want to do a television? I think they do want to do a television. I think after the tablet, you're going to see Apple TVs, and it's going to be a totally new animal. And the ability to have Internet-enabled TV means you can watch anything you want at any time. And that's why a company like Netflix wants to get into the streaming of movies. They don't really care to get on your computer. They want to get on your TV, and they will get on your TV. I'm not telling you to go buy Netflix, but I'm telling you where it's going. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. What station are you listening to? Duh. 910 AM. Show's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. More stimulating talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Beastie Boys coming out of break. One of my very, very first dates in life. And I've already told you Daphne Sparks and I already gave you Carol Lynch, but the first woman who had breasts was a girl named Nan Kiefer. Um, took her to see Madonna on my second date with her. No, no, no. It was my first date. And guess who opened up for Madonna back way, 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 way back in 83, 84? <laughs> Beastie Boys. Who's better? Beastie Boys. So anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your cows on the air. Uh, let's go to Jeff Sanderfell. Jeff? Jeff. Rob, are you there? Sorry. I hear you calling. Yeah. But I can't come home right now. No worries. Go ahead. You, you have a job to do. Somebody's got to work, right? <laughs> Me and the boys will be playing, and we just there haven't found go. the sound. There you go. I think you need to put a little more cake on the air. You had some cake there a while back. It's like cake, huh? Oh, yeah. So you, yeah, If you've ever, ever been to the shows, they're phenomenal. I'm, I'm kind of hesitating going to the shows because the DJ-inspired music, it's I'm a little bit too old for. 
Okay. So, but I'm, I'm with you though. Anyway, thanks for the the tip. What's, yep. what's on your mind today? Well, just a quick question. Um, I heard about, uh, and it was advertised actually on your radio station about the uh, the new revenue anticipation notes that are coming out, and I've uh, got some cash that you know I'd, I'd like to set aside for maybe a you know a year's period, something like that. And the uh, the tax, certainly the tax benefit side of it looks real good. But I went on the website and it doesn't show anything about the rate or the uh, the yield on these bonds or anything else. And uh, you know you got to think that's one of the first questions somebody's going to ask. Absolutely. So, uh, do you do you have any more insight into what those are paying? And typically, you know, bonds don't get priced until the week before. But it'd be nice to know what you're going to get as far as potential goes. Now, bonds are IOUs for our audience. Um, there's corporate IOUs. You can get a GE bond or a Ford bond. You know, Ford's in much more distress than GE. So because of the distress, they have to yield higher. One of the benefits of living in California is we live in the most financially distressed state in the nation, which is good if you want to buy our bonds because the more distressed you are, the higher the rate you have to pay people to, to get money to, from them. So Yeah, I thought that would that would be an appealing side. Uh, yeah. The first time I heard about the bonds, I just laughed because of the state of our, our uh, pocketbook. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, our, our state's not going to go bankrupt. What will happen right. is we'll we'll borrow our way out of it. Um, and slowly but surely, as the economy improves, our, our rating, our state credit rating will get a little bit better and it'll cost a little bit less to borrow and you won't get the high rates. Um, okay. What I'm going to push you towards, Jeff, and to, I'm not the pusher type, but bonds are brutally tough to analyze. For instance, the difference between a Stockton bond versus a Palo Alto water bond. Well, you feel better a little bit about, say, a water project in Palo Alto getting finished versus a road getting finished in Stockton. And the state has to borrow money for both of them. So to me, Stockton should be all dirt roads. I know I got listeners in Stockton. I'm offending them, but I see no reason for Stockton to exist. We should put more prisons there. That's where we should build our prisons, create some jobs out in Stockton. Um, What I would do is I'd contact Alamo Capital. They're, they're, they're the best company in the Bay Area as far as buying bonds go. There's some great general obligation bonds right now. If you can hold an IOU for 20 to 30 years, a bond is an IOU. If you can hold it for 20 to 30 years, you can get 5.5% real rate of return of almost 6 7% right now. It's like the golden age of bonds. Yeah. Um, so it's a good time to own California bonds if you believe the state's not going to go bankrupt. Okay. And uh, I'm, I think Alamo Capital does a nice job. They're a little bit of a factory. Um, so there's, there's an order taking process, but I'm not offended by what they do or the quality of their work. Okay. So well, thanks. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call. Alamocapital.com. You have to have a broker to buy bonds and I think they're, they're just as good as anyone else out there. Um, let's talk about an email ever so quickly. Got an email. I got mail. Yay. I got mail. Yay. Young lady named Christina said that her parents recommended me. In the state of our current economy, she can't afford to purchase a single-family home in the Bay Area, completely out of reach for her and her husband. She's got two young children. They've been cooped up in a condo. It doesn't sit well in their mind. Uh, they're thinking about buying a, a manufactured home, a mobile home. Don't do it. Um, the only value of a home, not the only value, but the real value of a home is on the land that it's on. That's why I don't like townhouses and condos, because you get one-nineteenth of a, an acre. Where if you own a home, a single-family home, you get half an acre, quarter of an acre, an acre. You actually own land. That's where the value comes in. Uh, Christina, I would highly recommend you continue to rent. Uh, manufactured homes have almost no resale value, uh, so they're awful investments that you sink money into. I'd rather you rent a single-family home. I know it's frustrating to throw money into rent, but 
That's I'd rather you do that and save for retirement. Next email comes to us from Tim. Tim says, I got two shares of Berkshire Hathaway. That makes up a large portion of my uh, my holdings. Should I keep them? Uh, should I back out? Yeah, I think you keep them. I think um, Berkshire Hathaway is a lot of companies. It's a holding company, so it owns a lot of companies. Now, they tend to be cash flow positive companies. They tend to be low valuation companies. Uh, so there's some value in them. I wouldn't Next, get some growth. Get some small cap. Get some mid cap. You got plenty of the big stuff. The big value you got plenty of. Uh, so I, I, I'm okay with Berkshire Hathaway as the long-term holding, though. So I'm not going to totally knock it. Now, there's a good article. No, not a good article. Two reports came out yesterday, and they got me flummoxed because uh, I got to throw it out there. It's talked about California. Fundamental economic shift is underway. California is going to trail the nation in emerging from the Great Recession. Consumers will save more and spend less in behavior shift that will slow growth and job creation in the short term. But down the road, it'll lead to a stronger economy. Now, this came out of a UCLA Anderson forecast yesterday who predicted the real estate crash. And Beacon Economics, they also came out with a report yesterday. Now, both forecasts characterized California as the epicenter of back-to-back consumption binges fueled by the dot-com boom and then the housing bubble. So we got hit super hard. Boom, boom, one, two in the gut. But not even the hit, but the intoxication that the revenue that came from the dot-com boom, and the revenue that came from the housing bubble, it's gone, and it ain't coming back. Lassie's dead. Real estate ain't coming back. Don't say ain't, but it's not coming back. Now it's, when it does come back, it's not going to roar. That's what I'm trying to say. Consumers have been sp- on a spinning binge since 1995 in the Bay Area. We had a soaring 401ks in the 90s. Later, we had inflated home prices. It made Americans feel wealthy, so they stopped saving money. California is different from the rest of the United States in this magnitude because we got hit boom, boom. It was in our backyards, both of them. Now, the easy money days are over. The inflated asset values are gone. The home equity boom is over, and people are going to save more. Now, down the road, that's going to be good. But short term, it means some of the speculative spending not coming back. Our shopping malls need to be turned into factories. I got some events coming up. Foster City next Thursday. I'm going to be doing an event for Retirement Boot Camp and Wealth Preservation. Next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but this next Saturday, September 26th. I'm going to do a Money 101. I'm going to teach you how to create wealth. In the afternoon, I'm going to teach you how to protect at Retirement Boot Camp in Pleasanton. So two events coming. Next Thursday for wealthy people in Foster City. And the following Saturday in uh, Pleasanton. You can find out more about these events at robblack.com, robblack.com. They cost 7 bucks. All of that goes to charity. And it's a good way to put names to faces and meet each other and have a good afternoon and learn a lot about money. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.